Today I want to find a way to begin to liven things up a little bit. We often gather here every week and listen to a discourse, a sharing about spirit, and we'll probably do the same today. But as a core of that sharing today, that's the message I want to get across, is to begin to enliven things. Because a lot of the times we can get very complacent or stagnant, even in our practice of spirit and meditation. We could even be doing meditation. We have everything set up. We have a certain time of day we do it. We get up, we do it. We go through all the motions. And it's part of our lives now, which is what we want. But there is this part we call actually living the experience of that which we are doing in life. And that's an important thing to remember because I bet there's probably not one soul in a physical body that even in doing the meditation practice and loving God and doing it perfectly still does not have some type of issue or struggle or challenge that it's dealing with in this world. So get in there. Shake things up a little bit. Liven it up. Get involved and participate in this process both inwardly and outwardly. There's threefold all the time. What do we hear? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. The Father, Mother, the Son. There's always a trinity. We even have LAF, loving, acceptance, forgiveness. Peace, joy, love. There's always these trinities of things. Well, guess what another trinity is? God, self, and others. And isn't that what we're experiencing in this physical life? All those three aspects, God, self, and others. It's funny, maybe Jesus should have said the three golden rules instead of two or one or whatever it is. In truth, it's all God. But in that extension of God into expression, there's these appearances of individuals and other aspects, which is part of the creation. So even in those two rules, even Jesus laid out, what was the first one? Love God with all your body, mind, and soul. So that's the first. So in a sense, thank God first, in other words. Again, how often we hear Jim say, God first, God only, all the time, right? You're getting so used to it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that because don't we sometimes when we hear something all the time, it just starts to kind of fall into the background and we don't give it much attention anymore? Watch it if that's beginning to happen for you. Bring these things alive. We can do all the talking and sharing we want, but it's up to each of us to find a way to bring these teachings, these sharings, to bring them alive within ourselves. So we have to participate. And that first action of participation is with God. Love God. He didn't say love yourself and love others. He said love God first. And then after that, love your neighbor as yourself. But who's doing loving God and who's doing loving the neighbor? The self. But the problem is, if we make the self first, what often happens? We come self-absorbed, self-focused, that we don't give enough attention to that which is around us or outside of ourselves, even God. Because in this realm, there is the appearance that we are separate from God. So there is that action of loving God as a being supposedly, or assuming the appearance of in separation from us, something out there, just like we see other people out here.
There's others. So if all we do is focus on the self, we can begin to get too self-centered. And then we begin to isolate ourselves and create a separation, not only from other people around us, but from God too. Think about it. I know I did this for years. My, my famous six years of depression I've talked about over the years. I really went inside and got focused. Yes, I did do a lot of the focus with God, but I really got, in a sense, self-absorbed of not wanting to even participate with other people because I don't want to deal with all these things that would stir up inside of me because of what they would do. What do most of us say? I don't want to deal with their stuff. Is it really their stuff or is it your stuff because what they do stirs something inside of you and you don't like what's stirred inside? Well, you figure that one out. Look to the source. But I found myself getting too absorbed in just where the source is, the self. So I spent so much time focused inwardly that I wasn't, in a sense, now creating that balance of life. I was really more out of balance of now just totally focused inside on my own process, my own issues. And that's good to a degree. But I would say not necessarily so if we find ourselves now in a sense, going into isolation or separating from others or other experiences or actions in life, and including God. Because I found that even though I was spending time in meditation with God, because of what I was doing in myself was actually creating a separation within myself with God because of what I was doing out here in the world. I was avoiding, judging, resisting, not wanting to do in the world out of fear of getting caught up. That's not neutrality. That's not acceptance. That's not loving. That's avoiding. That's separation. So I found myself creating this little cocoon or shell. But in that, I thought, okay, I'm going to get free because I'm giving so much time in meditation. But as I was doing it, well, one of the things I was aware of, I always heard about, the joy of spirit, the peace, the loving, that awakening, that fulfillment. I wanted the joy and the energy of all that. But I found myself when I was more in this place of self-focus and isolation that instead of the joy, I was going into depression. Instead of having this abundant energy and loving flowing from me, I was all, in a sense, tightening up, having less energy because there wasn't the sharing. There wasn't the participation. So I found myself in a peculiar place, thinking that, my gosh, maybe I'm not giving enough time, giving enough focus inwardly. And if anything, like you're hearing me say now, it's, if anything, I was giving too much, becoming too self-centered. So finally the day came, which it always does, whether it's days, weeks, months, or years, that something changes, something shifts, where we finally realize what I'm doing is not working. I'm not experiencing the joy. I'm not experiencing the greater fulfillment. I'm not experiencing that which I set out on this pathway to do, to experience. And so when we come to that realization, then what? Well, then it's up to us to now do something different. How many of us go out there seeking not only in our own meditations, but going to psychics, tarot cards, astrologists, this and that, seeking the answers. Tell me what to do. So I'm happy, right? 
Give me the information. Let me channel the message from God directly or some angel or something. Tell me. And if you're like me, you've probably went on and done some of these things or maybe are going to. Seeking. But then what do we do even once we get the information? We usually get excited for a little while and probably a lot of us just set it to the side and forget all about it and go on doing what we are doing. Why he had to finally come to the place where I realized I was getting all the information, but I wasn't doing anything with it. It was now time to start doing, to get involved, to participate, to enliven these actions of spirit. Not just going through the motion, but to really live, to participate in what was unfolding. Not only inwardly, but now to live my life even physically, to live the spirit within to become that living prayer, the walking meditation, to have that inner focus, but yet being able to open my eyes and get up and do the day, but still have that inner experience of loving, continuing to move even as I go about the day. So I had to get up and start participating and doing things in the world, with the world, with other people, because guess what? God, self, others... Since we are God here in self, then there's also God in those other selves we call others. It's the same God. That same soul in which we are all one. So what really then, if you look at it that way, is the difference between focusing in the God in the self or God in others since it's all God? I found that God is truly a creative dynamic active principle of life itself and movement. But to really wake up and understand and know that greater truth, we do need to wake up and understand it in a truth where it resides in spirit and in that movement of how that creative action flows into the world. And so it is God first and God only. And we wake up to that greater God and we wake up to the God that we are, God first and God only. And then we also participate out here, God first and God only, the God in all. So it really does become God first and God only. But in that action, we need to focus on God and then allow God to awaken and allow God to awaken. Does this make sense? So I'm making this kind of linear and at the same time hopefully opening up because there is an order of awakening or experience or how we focus, that allows us to unfold. A lot of us try to go out and discover the God in others or ourselves. So we'll go out and do all kinds of workshops and personal growth things, trying to awaken and know ourselves and know other people. And then it's all this outer interaction, which is really wonderful. I've done a lot of that, and I like that, because it does get the energy moving. You do participate. But then I found if I wasn't doing the meditation and really focusing on God within and going into spirit and away from the world, that I wasn't having the true fuller awakening to the greater truth. All I was doing was seeing a partial truth in the world, not the fullness of truth I experience inside. But I also found, as I was just saying a few minutes ago, when all I did was focus on the God inside, while well, I was missing this other part of God 
in a sense, that's participating in the world all around me. So in other words, not avoiding life inwardly or outwardly, but not also getting caught up in life outside of ourselves. And so there is a priority in order of flow, God, self, others, because that's how that flow of loving truly moves. And that's how we come to know it in a greater fullness. So part of this action of enlivening, of participation, of really stirring things up, waking things up inside of ourselves, there is this aspect where we do have our experiences in the world to participate in and in the relationships around us. It's important for us to participate in those relationships, for good or bad. Think about it. Most of us seek pleasure. We look for the nice experiences. And most of us avoid pain or discomfort. So we try to go the other way when something appears uncomfortable. We avoid people that stir those negative feelings in us. We go towards people that stir the positive feelings, right? So here we are bouncing around the world, all the polarities, negative, positive, attracting, repulsing. All this goes on in the world. And this is how much the world functions. But for those of us who really want to get free of all the magnetic attractions and repulsions, need to find that way, the center way, that path of neutrality where we come into the unconditional loving which is neutral and does not operate by this pulling and pushing that magnetic polarity does. So in order to do that, we have to participate with that. God first, God only. God is that neutrality. And when we begin to live in that, we'll start to see the pushing and pulling, the negative, positive in the world and how we even respond, and how others respond. And then we begin to see, if we avoid that, we're going to have unfinished lessons, things incomplete. This isn't a pathway of avoiding and thinking by not participating, I'm getting free of my karma. Uh-uh. This is a process of participation in the polarity and getting your freedom from the polarity by bringing the neutrality into where that polarity charge is inside of yourself. But most of the time, we don't even know what's in there until what? Until we have something going on in the world around us with some other person that stirs up all the junk inside. That's how we usually know when we're caught up in polarity. The very thing we want to avoid. We don't want to avoid it. We want to bring the loving into that because it is the loving that discharges the polarity. If you avoid it, you're the one who experienced it, right? You went into a situation, somebody said something or did something, you got all riled up inside, you're all reactive and upset. That's in you. So just leaving the situation, yeah, you walk away from it, okay, it settles down. But where is it? It's inside of you. So what do you do from that point? You avoid those types of situations or persons who stir that in you. You go back there again, oh, there it is again, walk away, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Well, guess what? That is living in you and now running you. Just because you're avoiding the situations or the people that seem to trigger it inside there, doesn't mean you're getting free from it. It means that you're just simply avoiding it. 
And sooner or later, there's going to come a time where we're going to have to deal with it. But how do we deal with it? That's the biggest challenge that everybody has on this planet, is how to deal with these things. But what are we doing here? Meditation, the names of God, loving, acceptance, forgiveness. That's the inner. That's God and self. The names of God, initiation, are loving God and open to receive God's love. But then also to really receive God's love, guess what else? How that works. To fully receive God's love, we've also got to love ourselves so that God can love us. God's always loving us, but if we're not loving ourselves, we keep that door closed. So we don't even allow the love in to do the healing that we want it to do. So the next step, loving of self, accepting of self, and forgiving all those judgments and fears that create separation within ourselves, with ourselves, and with God, and with others. That's all done inside. We have meditation with God, meditation with ourselves, level AF. Okay, so we're starting to handle that. I'm doing the work. But then how come when I go out here, I still have that reaction out here with others? Well, that's to let you know you've got still that work to do inside. Keep doing the work inside until you can go back into those situations and you no longer have that reaction or disturbance within. That's how you'll know. Not to avoid the situations, but to be able to participate and walk through them without the inner disturbance and reaction. If you have a reaction, that means you're still caught in polarity, and all you have to do is, again, love it. Not only love it, but also give it to God. That's the forgiveness. You know, I've done a lot of forgiveness in forgiving myself and forgiving others, and I found a level of success in that. But you know where I found the most success? Is in giving it up to God. Just, Lord, this is yours. I give it to you. That's true forgiveness. It's giving. You give it up to God. You let it go. You release it and let God take it. And then allow God now to fill you up with loving, which is the neutrality. I like to say it, the great demagnetizer. It demagnetizes the polarity, that unconditional loving. So give it up to God. And then allow yourself to receive that loving and to take it in and love yourself. And to love that part of you that was in reaction, that was hurt, that was angry, that was sad, that was controlling, that was frustrated, that was whatever, unmet expectations. All these things. Giving up our desires, giving up our attachments. Choosing the freedom of spirit to truly live freely in spirit, and not caught up in the world. Okay, Brian, I'm, I've been doing that. I'm doing that, but I'm still having all these issues and relationships and circumstances in the world around me that they just don't seem to change. Okay, so there's the other part. So we handled God and self, now others. So what do we do about this part of loving my neighbor as myself? How do I handle this other now when I'm doing the inner work and I'm having a degree of success but yet still something doesn't seem to complete or finish in my experience with others now around me. This is the greater participation now of learning how to love 
yourself, learning how to love others as yourself. But you've got to love yourself first. So you've got to do it in that order. God, self. And then that loving begin, can begin to even now be shared with others. We call it the overflow. We can begin to see now how can I be loving with others as I have been loving God and loving myself? How can I now also extend that loving to others? So the cycle is fulfilled. One, two, three. And that's the journey we're on in this world. That's the journey of our karmas, our unlearned lessons. But I always like to say to learn the lesson, we've got to go have the experience. That's why I'm so big on going and participating in life to have the experience so we learn the lesson. But we need to bring the loving with us, to love the situations, to love the people, to let that loving inside now come into the world so that that loving can now go into the world and that with loving, loving is also known as the light of awareness, the light of knowing, gnosis, the awakener, the revealer, revelation, the light lights things up so we can see and know. So if we bring the light with us and into the world, then that light of spirit can begin to reveal that learning for ourselves. And in that we can begin to see how to be loving in the world. What is that phrase that Jim always said? How do you start the day? Ask the light of the Holy Spirit to go before me. Just now I ask for the Holy Spirit to go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions that I might keep my eyes on you. So that's it, to go before me. So that's a movement of loving, even into the world, but down from the heart of God, down through the soul, down through the levels of our consciousness, and then into the world to go before me. So that really those actions... Those thoughts, those feelings, those words, those whatevers we do are done in loving. And it's those actions done in loving that begins to free us from those attachments and disturbances we experience in the world around us. Now, I'm not saying we've got to go and participate in everything in the world. No. I'm only talking about just certain situations in your own life that you know when you participate, whatever the circumstance or people involved, that it creates a reaction in you. It's just those situations I'm speaking of. Like a partner or a child or a boss or a relative or a friend. More of our personal circumference. Not something halfway across the world that we only know about because of the news. I'm talking about your own personal world. That's all we have to do because that's what God's given us. In truth, we've created it. The God that we are has given ourselves that by our actions. We've created these circumstances for our own learning and experience. So bring your loving now into that which you've created so that you can begin to now free yourself and fulfill the creation. And that's what loving does. It fulfills it. But the fulfillment is also through the participation and that light reveals it so that we wake up and learn the lesson. That's the fulfillment and the freedom of the karma. I hope this is making sense. 
and trying to break things down in a practical way, which is sometimes hard to do because it's a movement of spirit. But if you can kind of get that order in that way and begin to look at how you can live that loving even into the world, you'll begin to find the greater freedom. But there's a big key factor in this. It's one Jim and I talked of many years ago, and we haven't talked about it much in the last while. Then maybe it's begin to start to look at again. And that big factor that I have found effective in sharing the loving into the world around me is communication. Communication. How to effectively communicate with loving so that we free ourselves of the attachments, the karmas, that we learn the lessons, that we can walk through the world truly living the greater loving, having more of the joy and the peace that we're seeking because we're allowing that spirit within us to now live fully. And that's a big part where a lot of us run up against the wall because we get too uncomfortable with our own thoughts and feelings and that uncomfortableness often makes it hard to now reach out, to communicate, to get past that barrier of reaction we're in. How do we deal with that? Again, the inner work first. But then as we begin to bring the loving in there, and how can we share that now, the loving in the world? Now, I'm not going to necessarily go over everything and give all the answers today in this talk, but maybe as we move forward, unfold, this action of communication through spirit, through loving, in ways to find effectively in sharing and listening in the world. There's the giving and the receiving. Both sharing and listening, giving and receiving, that we can begin to find the ways to let that loving flow in our own lives. I like to call communication communion in action. What's communion? I like to also break it down and look at it coming into union. The action of coming into union. Well, what do we usually think of when we think of communion or coming into union in that way? With God, right? Or our soul. That's it. True communication brings us into communion or union with that spirit of loving. And so effective communication in the world can also bring us into that communion with the spirit or the divine in all things, just as in ourselves, but also in the divine and others around us. To communicate, to touch into that spirit within each individual. And to me, effective communication is a way we can, even in our words, begin to open the doors of loving within ourselves and allow that loving to be shared with others around us. But that's the journey. That's the discovery. That's the challenge and the trick. Because part of that challenge and trick is that maybe a lot of people in the world don't even want to do that. And here you want to do it, maybe. I'm not saying you do, but I bet some of you would like to do this. But the challenge can be is that maybe others around us don't want to do it. But what I have found is that that is no concern of mine or yours. Your only concern, my only concern, is that which we do and allow the freedom for others to do what they choose to do. In other words, there's no freedom if something is forced or put upon 
Are we trying to control or make it happen? We try to make somebody communicate. No. We do the communicating, and we can invite others. There's a whole lot of even learning how to communicate in loving, rather than just blaming and arguing and disagreeing. That's not communication. So explore. The way I've always approached it is that through my words, as I share, do I experience a movement of loving within me that I have known through my meditations? Or through my words, do I feel a door closing down, which I don't like if that happens in meditation? That's how I know if I'm effectively communicating or not. That's my main source. Is this looking inside and that movement within myself? That way, it's not an outer process. Communication's not an outer process. We're not trying to do or get anything from the world. We're simply sharing our loving. And in that sharing and freedom in ourselves is how we come to the greater fulfillment, how we come to the greater realizations of these challenges or issues we have in ourselves with the world. Okay? I hope I'm saying this enough. In ourselves with the world. Not the world. In ourselves with the world. So in other words, an effective part of communication is ownership. Own your process. Don't say, well, because what they did and what they're doing in the world, it's causing all this distress in me. In other words, it's their fault. No. That's not effective. That's not going to work. That's going to cause separation, resistance, fighting, struggle, frustration, pushing and pulling. That's what the world's already doing. If you want to keep staying in the world, keep doing it. If you want to get free of that, then begin to take ownership of your own process with what's going on. Deal with your own struggles inside. Deal with them in loving and acceptance and forgiveness. And then extend that out with others. But again, we have to do with ourselves first. We have to own our own feelings. Here's another one. God first and God only, right? What's the other one we hear Jim say all the time? We're responsible for all of our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions, right? Well, this is what I'm talking about now. So we dealt with the God first and God only. Now I'm talking about responsibility. Our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own actions, and our reactions. Own up to it. These are your thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions, not other people. Sure, other people can trigger things in you, but they're still yours. Whatever that is that's triggered, that's yours. Don't expect others to change it. You can yell at them and say, change what you said or do so I don't feel this way. Well, guess what? They could change what they say or do. And maybe it doesn't stir that in there. But guess what? That's still in there. If you haven't taken ownership or responsibility for it, by letting go of your charge of negative, positive polarity on that, your own reaction. So own it. That's how you begin to become responsible. And then when you own it, guess what? You that owns it is the soul. And what's the soul but loving? So guess what happens when you own it? It comes back to the source from which it's come. And guess what happens when creation comes back to the source? 
it dissolves. It merges into the oneness. It's gone. It's done. It's fulfilled. It's complete. Karma done. Haven't we heard the phrase, we reap what we sow, cause and effect. That which we put out comes back to us. What goes around comes around. What is all of that saying? That is saying we, the Creator, what we have put out through our actions has now caused some type of effect. And guess what karma is? And guess what? Now the Creator gets to learn from what it's created, the karmas, through participation, through loving, and eventually all that we've created that goes out has to come back to its source, its Creator. Guess what? God created soul. And guess what each of us is that soul as we've gone out into creation? Guess what? God's bringing us back home. That which was created will always come back to the source. God created the soul. The soul's gone out. And God is calling the soul back. And we're simply answering that call when we go inside. That's this whole pathway of sound and light coming back to the source. Well, guess what this reflection in the world is? The God that we are, that source that is put into creation, and now that which we've created has to come back to the source to fulfill the creation, to learn the lessons. That's it. Pure and simple. So if you really, the soul, want to go back to God and you know this principle, you'll want to take responsibility and ownership for all your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. Because you'll realize it's up to you and all you have to do now is now own or bring back to the source, the creator, that which you've created. And that will fulfill life's journey. That will fulfill the soul's experience through this land of reflection. That's communion in action, communication, bringing it back into union with its creator. That's the true action of communion. So communication, effective communication, even in simple ways in the world around us with other people, is that which we commune with or that which we put into action. If we put loving into action, the loving will bring back to the source that which is the illusion we've created and dissolve it, unify it, complete it. If that which we put out causes reaction, disturbance in ourselves and others, guess what? We're responsible for that. But how do we take responsibility? Loving, communion, action. Sounds like I'm on a movie set now. Action. That's right, the movie set of the world, the reflection, the illusion. This is how this works. It really is a simple process. The challenge or difficulties is because we have so many thoughts, so many feelings, so many details and experiences. That's what causes the confusion. Not the action of spirit. Not how to be loving. Not the simple principles by which life functions and exists and how we fulfill it. But just the details. But that's how we get caught up in the world and attached because we get caught up in all the details. Don't worry about the thoughts. Don't worry about the feelings. You're going to have all of that. 
Don't worry about what all the details look like or sound like or feel like or we think about them. Those are just the details. Those are not what is important. Think about it. How many times have you had an argument with somebody and you're so focused on one little detail and that's the source of the problem, right? It will be if you keep focused that way. That's not the problem. It's our approach to that detail that's the problem. So change the approach. You hear of the attitude? I kind of don't use that word much anymore because it's gotten such a bad rap in my eyes. So instead of attitude, I say, you know, get a good attitude. Change your attitude. You know, we usually slap that around. I've seen it used in negative ways now. So I like to say, change your approach. How do you approach it? You approach it with loving? You approach it with reaction? It's the approach that can make the difference. So change the approach. Look and discover how to bring the loving into the details so that you get free of the details. Because once you move into loving, guess what? You won't have the charge on the details anymore, and then they won't matter. And they never did anyway. They only did because we were so caught up in it with a positive or negative charge. But if we approach it with loving, the loving neutralizes it. And then it doesn't matter. That's the funny thing. It doesn't matter. We're in the land of matter, right? That's right. When it doesn't matter, you're no longer caught up in the material matter. Interesting, isn't it? All these common words we throw around and talk and use in our everyday language, the meaning behind it, but learning how to work with it. The other way I look at the word communion in action, communication, I also look at it as communification. Community unification. Well, what's the community? It can be anything. There's a community of look at all the inner self, me, myself, and I. Effective communication just in yourself. Think about it. How many times, maybe I should say how many times per day or hour, do you go into reaction with yourself? You judge yourself. You don't like what you're thinking. You don't like what you're feeling. You go into separation with yourself. You're resistant. You struggle just internally with yourself and with things in the world, but all internally, just with the me, myself, and I. The little kid goes out and wants to play and have dessert. The adult self in there goes, no, no, that's not good for you. We don't have time. That's too childish. And then the higher self is going, no, let it unfold. Experience life, all of it, the good and the bad. So you fulfill. So we have all these different parts of us. We need to find that alignment. How do we find the alignment? Communication. Our own inner dialogue. What are we doing even within ourselves? Our own dialogue with ourselves. Do we have loving, accepting, forgiving dialogue with ourselves? Are we always in resistance trying to force or make ourselves do things we think we should be doing even when another part of us feels totally out of agreement with that? Or we know we should be doing something else, but we say, no way, I'm not going to, for whatever reasons. So, community unification. Communication starts within ourselves, even before in the world around us. That's really where it all takes place, because once you have it lined up in here, believe me, it's a lot easier out here in the world. It's not a challenge then. Our communications out here are just reflections of how we handle. How we handle things out here, 
is a reflection of how we are handling things in here. So if you don't like the way you're handling things out here, take a good look inside. Start to get a new inner dialogue, a new approach. To approach yourself with loving and acceptance and forgiveness. And then as we come into greater unification or union with ourselves through this inner dialogue of loving, well, guess what? Again, the overflow, where we can begin to communicate with those other God selves around us. And in that communication, it brings the unification, the union once again. Because that's what loving does. It unifies. It brings into the oneness. And so when we are able to truly share the light of our own soul, which is loving, that will also stir or give a sense, example, to other souls to begin to discover the loving that they are so that they may participate in this communion in action. You know the whole phrase where two or more are gathered? I'm sorry, but that's a bunch of crap unless they're coming together in loving. Otherwise, we don't want to come together with other souls when it's all the junk, right? So where two or more are gathered, all kinds of stuff can happen. But when we come from this place of inner unification, then when we participate with another, it can begin to unify where we have that greater experience of loving and oneness in our relationships with others. It's an extension of ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. So loving the self extends to the neighbor and we're loving the neighbor as the self because it is the same. One soul. One soul. All it is is an expansion, an overflow of ourselves to ourselves, to ourselves, that which is the God-Self. It's an amazing process, but we've got to be willing to take it step by step, to do the inner dialogue, the inner work, the inner loving. And even when we're doing in the world, it's still an inner action. It's not something we're doing in the physical universe trying to create what we want Unless, of course, it's just freedom of loving. But that only invites, that is only freely done, freely given, unconditional, is what loving is, neutral. No expectations, no attachments, no desires, no wants, no fears, no judgments, just loving. So it's up to us to find that, to discover that, to grow it, to build it, to practice it, and the world around us is going to make us practice it whether we like it or not as well. So do the inner work first and foremost, but begin to look in your individual lives to see how you can now communicate that loving, to share that loving in the world around you. And I don't want to limit it just to communication. That's just one of the most effective tools i found. But there's all kinds of things we can do, just smiling at somebody else. But if you think about it, isn't that really even a communication itself? Saying hello? Doing a kind deed? What's that bumper sticker? Random acts of kindness or something like that? Yeah, so there's actions we can do. There's other things we can do. But that's why I broke down the word communion in action. That doesn't mean just talking. 
we think of communication as talking, but then we talk about body language and other languages. So it's communion in action. In other words, don't limit it to just words. It's action that creates communion because it is something done in loving. That's what we're going for here. So begin to see how you can do that first in yourself and then with others. You know how we, again, another threefold thing, how we talk about this pathway? Meditation, self-study, self, so there's God, self, and service, others. God, self, others. Meditation, God, self-study, self, service, others. The threefold path. This all works together, and it is by participating in all three of those actions that we fulfill our journeys. So we cannot avoid this action here, even outwardly, with others. All we have to do is find a way to bring the loving into this action with others. And then we are free and complete. Again, as I said earlier, even if others don't want to participate with us, it doesn't matter. That's their journey. That's their lesson. This is about you getting your freedom by your actions, being responsible. Thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions. So react in loving, react in acceptance. Take actions in loving. It doesn't matter what the people around you do. They may join in, they may say, get the hell out of here and push you away. And that's what all goes on in the world. So don't expect it or try to make it be a certain way for somebody else. Just that alone, if you can let go of that, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. And the thing you'll realize, by you just taking all the steps, you fulfill yourself. And I have found in many relationships, when I've done it and taken it, the way I learned a lot of this, I did try to make others do what I wanted them to do in having this loving communication with me. And when I got the reaction because I was trying to force them to, no, that wasn't loving, was it? Well, I thought I was being loving at the time because I didn't understand it fully. doesn't matter. You're not going to do this perfectly. It's going to take a lot of practice. Because it's through the practice we learn all these different components. So when I was learning that and trying to get others to do this with me, instead I got reaction or resistance, that was wonderful because it let me know, oh my gosh, I'm doing something trying to control. I'm not doing this giving them the freedom. So now let me come back. Ownership. Let me come back to myself. Do the inner work. And as I come to that loving neutrality, let me see how I can now once again, extend that loving to others as well. And so in that loving, and then I found some say, nope, that's it, right here is the boundary. Right there, that's the line. I'm not stepping over that. I hear what you're asking of me, because I learned to really, really explain to people what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, what it is I'm hoping to accomplish out of it, and inviting them to participate with me. I've had people say, yeah, okay. And I've had some people say, that's it. This is all the farther I'm going. Well, you know, the cool thing was, and there's one in particular that I remember, that when they told me that's right there, they communicated now. You know that saying, the truth shall set you free? Well, they told me the truth of where they were at that moment. And in that moment of them being truthful, that's another word I use synonymously with loving, truth, truthful, when they told me their truth, even though it wasn't what I wanted, 
their truth, when they did that, it actually assisted me because as soon as they laid that down, all of a sudden I found that part of me that was trying to get them to do it, all of a sudden let go. And as soon as I let go, guess what? I got free. I was free of that now. I took it all the way, all the distance I could inside of myself, even though there was a part of me trying to get them too. But I was doing it for me to get free. And I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. I just know to move on it. But all of a sudden it got to the place. And when they did that, all of a sudden it detached me from that process I was trying to do with them. And when that came back to me, remember it always comes back to the Creator. When that came back to me, I just got this wave of freedom. I went, yes, all right, I fulfilled it. And that's where I discovered it is all about me. It's about me doing that which I need to do to fulfill myself in loving and allowing others the space to do that for themselves. So I realized the wonderful thing. No conditions, unconditional loving, but to participate, to take action, and then through the actions, allow the actions to fulfill whatever that is we're seeking to fulfill or complete or come into greater understanding or experience. There will be a point that all of a sudden we're free and it's done. And don't try to figure out what it is or when it is to happen. Forget about prophecy and trying to figure out, well, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Just doing that, you're going to hold it back and prolong it. Because there's a part of you getting in the way and trying to control it. Because what is the part of you that wants it to get it done really quick? The part that wants to avoid and doesn't want to deal with it. And that's the very thing we need to deal with. And when we begin to deal with it, and loving is when we get free. So start dealing with all these parts of self you're in struggle with. Love them. And in that loving is where you're really going to set yourself free. Because that's the truth that sets us free. That was an excellent explanation of a lot of what I have spoken over the years in greater clarity and detail to really understand the whole process of communication, of loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, of the process of you are responsible for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions, that is the basis of spiritual liberation. If you can really begin to grasp the meaning and the understanding and the wisdom in those few words and really begin to apply them to your daily life, your life will change. And you don't even have to be on a spiritual journey. You don't have to be searching for God or wanting to liberate your soul. Just applying those words into your daily life as Brian has shared, your life is going to change. And you're going to be happier, more fulfilled. Your life is going to be easier because you are not going to be in distress and disturbance. And if you are on a spiritual quest, if you are searching for God, if you are looking to find a way to liberate your soul, that will also come just automatically. And even if you're not searching for God or soul liberation, guess what? it will come automatically anyway. Because the moment you begin to take responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your life is going to change. Because you are now paying attention. You are now staying present in the moment. You are now 
being responsible in a responsible way to yourself and with yourself and yourself into the world. And the moment you do that, your life changes because you stop looking outside of yourself for answers and solutions. You stop looking outside yourself, blaming others and the world for your problems. And you begin to answer all that inside yourself and bring quiet and peace and solution and answer and understanding and clarity and loving into your present moment. And you begin to live and approach life very differently. And it all begins by doing something. And that something that you are to do is to take responsibility. Be responsible. Grow up. I can remember my mom often saying to me, Jim, stop being such an adult. You're going to be an adult soon enough. Don't rush it. Well, guess what? We all are physically adults in this world now. But are we adults inside? Are we truly living as an adult? Being responsible. Taking care of ourselves. If we are complaining about other people, no, we're not. If we're complaining about the world, no, we're not. If we're looking for the answer in the world, no, we're not. So I would say begin to look at these few words. We've heard them over and over, over the years, on CDs, in retreats. But are we really looking at them? Are we really using them to our advantage, to our growth? And the word communication is a very vital part of all of this. And it isn't just about communication in the world with others. And it isn't about just communication within ourselves. Where I began learning and understanding the value and the power of communication was when I was a child. Yep, here we go again. When I was a child, every day, every day, every day, I spent time in communication with God. I would sit down, either outside or in my bedroom, and I would spend a long time talking to God, communicating with God. And as I began to communicate with God and just tell God what was going on in my life, what did I do today? I would literally sit there and just say what had happened at school that day. I can remember when I was in kindergarten and we were learning tap dancing and I had made a good move. Then I didn't make a good move. And the teacher said, Jim, come on, what's wrong with you? You're really good. You can do this. Come on. And I, I got hurt. I thought I had done something wrong. I went home and I began sharing with God my day. And as I was sharing with God about my day, I was sharing with God all the good stuff. And I kind of put that other aside. I didn't want God to know about that, that I got hurt. That I wasn't as good a dancer as I would like to think I was, or that I thought that the teacher thought I was. And I found that as I was communicating with God about all the good stuff of that day, all of a sudden I realized that this wasn't really the same kind of communication that I had felt in the past that was good. This wasn't going anywhere. It was empty. It was hollow. And I had to reach over and pull up this other stuff that I was hiding from God, saying, no, I don't, I don't want to share that. God doesn't want to hear that. 
And I started sharing with God my hurt feelings. And I even remember crying in that moment and sharing with God. And as that happened, all of a sudden, I literally felt all that just lift up. And the loving coming in replace what had been lifted up. It just filled that area of disturbance with loving. But I had to communicate. I had to share with God everything. And that's the process of meditation. We give everything to God. We are not going to let anything stand between us and the Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing in the world, nothing inside of ourselves. Nothing. And the more you give it up to God, God just brings the loving in. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want you to hide anything. God wants it all. He has no value systems placed on what you do in your life, how you live your life, how you don't live your life. He just wants to participate. And the only way that God can participate is by us inviting God in. And I know one thing. I want God invited into everything I do in my life. I want God invited into every part of my being, inwardly and outwardly, so that God is participating with me in all things, in all ways. And guess what? God is loving. And when God is participating with you in all things, in all ways, inside myself and outside myself, it's all loving. And if I try to hide something, and I may not try to hide it from God, I may try to hide it from myself. I don't want to look at that. I don't care if God sees it, but I just don't want to look at it. Well, guess what? Then you're going to live with the mess and the junk and the pain and the sorrow of that that you're hiding from yourself. So it also means that in communication with God, you've got to communicate with yourself in a different way. You've got to be willing to look at those things. Even if it's just to say, ooh, 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 okay, God, here, quick, quick, take it, take it. I don't want to have to, well, you don't want to say it that way. You want to just say, Lord, this is yours. I give it to you. And solution, answer, understanding, loving, transformation, whatever will come in. Whatever you want, to handle yourself, God will let you do it. And the way you do that is just to avoid it. Put it over to the side and say, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And we're so skilled at doing that, we don't even know we do it. That's the amazing factor here. We'll just set things aside and say later, no, I don't want to look at that. Oh, that's their problem, not mine. Well, guess what? It's all your problem until you begin to handle it. The moment you take it in and begin to handle those things, it's no longer a problem because you now have taken it out of reaction. You're responsible for every action and reaction. You've taken it out of reaction within yourself and you are now putting it into action. Action leads to fulfillment. Action leads to awareness. Action leads to loving. Action brings solution. And the greatest action I know of is to give it to God. Especially if you don't know what to do with it, or if you don't want to look at it, or if you want to transform it and you don't know how. Give it to God. Just say, Lord, this is my gift to you today. And that's what I did as a child. I learned very early on. Give it all up to God, and God just brings the loving in. Now, 
It doesn't mean that the situation is going to necessarily just transform outside or inside. You may still be judging yourself. You may be angry with yourself or with others or whatever. But it does mean that things will begin to change if you pay attention, if you stay present in the moment, and you begin to learn how to move in action, live in loving, be in oneness with the Lord inside you, in all of this. And just as I gave things up to God, I would invite God into situations. And the more I did it, the easier life got. And guess what? In this action of giving to God, in talking with God every day, in communing with God, communication, all of a sudden I found that God began to commune with me. God would bring the loving in. God would fill me with the loving. God would begin to share with me and participate with me in a very direct way, giving me understanding, giving me clarity, giving me insight. But it all began with me doing something. I had to begin the action. And that was just to be in loving with God. And then it all unfolds. God first and God only. That's the key to it all. And then in that, be responsible for your thoughts and your feelings. Boy, are we really being responsible for our thoughts and our feelings? Do we really spend time paying attention or not? And being responsible for our actions and our reactions. I found it's sometimes a lot easier to be responsible for our actions and reactions in the world than it is within myself. I can go into reaction with myself so quickly, it's not even funny. I can be patient and calm and and holding for people in the world. And they can do whatever they do, and I'm not going to go into reaction with it very easily. But on the inside, thank God you don't see what goes on in there. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I still go into reaction with myself. If you don't believe it, talk to him. (laughs) He knows it. He sees it. But it's a process, and we all do it. And as long as we're in the body, it's going to go on. It doesn't stop the moment you get initiated. It doesn't stop the moment you start meditating two and a half hours a day. It doesn't stop after ten years of meditating and living up to the initiation by chanting that name of God every day. It doesn't stop. As long as you're in the body, it is going to continue. There's always more. There's always another layer. There's always... Something else. There is no perfection in this world. There is no perfection in this world other than your soul. Your soul is perfect. That divine spark that dwells here in the physical form right now is perfect. Perfect. It is the only perfection in this creation. But that that is perfect here is truly living and dwelling in spirit right now. It isn't in the physical body. It isn't in the physical world. It isn't of the physical world. The perfection is in spirit and is of spirit. And that perfection of spirit that is you is in and of spirit. The things that you are in judgment and fear and anger and frustration with within yourself has to do with this body 
with your imagination, your emotion, your mind. And believe me, they are not perfect and they never will be perfect. And so you may as well just get over trying to make it be so. And accept it just as it is. Acceptance. Accept yourself just as you are. Accept yourself just as you are physically, imaginationally, emotionally, and mentally. And you will wake up and know the perfection of your own soul and be able to live that into all those other aspects of yourself more and more each day. And then all that stuff that they do will just be okay. You'll accept it. You'll love it. You'll forgive it. And where do you give it up? But to God. It's great to forgive it in the forgiveness, but it's greater to also give it up to God and just say, in case I didn't forgive it all, I just give it up to you. I can remember when I was looking at the Catholic Church as a possible source by which I would begin my spiritual practice as a child. I remember the first time I went in and began to talk to a priest, and we began to talk about the different qualities of the Catholic Church compared to others. And he began to share with me about confession. And he said, the only true place of confession that you can have is to be in the confessional box with a priest and confess through that priest to God your sins so that you can be forgiven. And I went home and I thought, wow, is that really true? And then I realized all my life I have been confessing to God. I have been in that confessional. But I don't need a priest. I don't need somebody in the world to stand between me and the Lord so that I can get my forgiveness. I don't want anything to stand between me and God. And I realized that the true confession is loving God. That is really sometimes the hardest confession that we can make. It's to truly bow down to the Lord and say, Lord, I love you. Oh, boy. The love just comes in. Oh. That's where I'd love to be in meditation right now. Because when the loving comes in, I just want to go with it. And it's hard to be in the body and have it just flood in and not go with it in the flow. My tears are tears of joy. Because I know it's so easy for me to just be there. And it is for all of us. If we'll just do one thing. Put God first. And the way you do that is ever love God in all things. Love God in spirit. Love God in you. Love God in the world. And it's loving. Then your thoughts and your feelings are loving God, loving you, and loving the Lord in all things. And then your actions are loving God, loving you, and loving God in all things. And then your reactions, there are no reactions. Because in loving there is no reaction. There is just action. And what is the action of loving? Being. Being loving. And what is the greatest action there is? To be still and know that I am. That's the greatest action that there is. And that is done in meditation. 
And then we begin to live the meditation in all that we do. Once we really connect into that in our meditation, we can open our eyes and we can get up and we can go and do the world and still be in that stillness. And still in that stillness, know the Lord and I are one. Be still and know that I am. And then we can live that stillness in all that we do, take it everywhere we go, and I and the Lord are one. And life is transformed. And when is that going to happen for those that are meditating? When is it going to happen for those that are initiated in meditating? I don't know. It is about how dedicated are you to this process? Are you really applying it every moment of every day? Are you living the meditation? Are you living the word of God in you, around you, in all that you say, in all that you do? If you find yourself complaining, if you find yourself angry, if you find yourself frustrated, fine. Enjoy it. Love it. Honor it. Accept it. Forgive it. Whatever. But bring it into yourself fully and see what that's about. And then give it up to God and let God see what it's about and see how God might begin to transform that in you. We at these physical levels, the mind is a great controller. It loves to control. It loves to be in charge. Don't let it do that to you. And how do you do that? You rise above it in meditation. You learn to live above the mind and wake up into the soul and let the soul have dominion over the mind rather than the mind blocking the soul expression and trapping it in the world. Let go and let God. Let God and let go. It's one action. It's not two. Another way to put it is let God. Just let God. Let God into yourself. Let God into your daily life. Let God into your problems. Let God into everything. That's the key here. That's all that this process is about. And it begins by you loving the Lord. Communicating with the Lord. You can't hold anything away from God anyway. You can't hide anything from God. God knows it all. You know, when I was growing up, I learned a lesson very quickly. I was a teenager, and I had these little secrets I was hiding from the world. And in a sense, I was hiding from myself. And I figured, you know, I had a great facade, and nobody knew what was going on. Until one day my best friend said, so what is this all about? You know, and he described what I was going through inside. And I go, how do you know that? How do you know that? He goes, well, it's really obvious. I can just see it in your face sometimes. And I'm going, well, don't tell anybody. And he says, well, I don't have to tell anybody. If they look at you, they can see it. And I realized, oh, my God, that's true. Because I've done that with other people. But we think we're all keeping these secrets. We're all hiding things so well and that nobody knows. So why play the game? Why try to hide something? Why be ashamed? Why be afraid? Why be afraid to communicate with another person? 
Share your feelings. Share your thoughts. Share your frustrations. Share. I'll tell you, once you begin to communicate, a great freedom comes forward. A wonderful freedom comes forward. Because the mind has lost control. And your soul begins to have charge over everything. And if you don't want to do it first and don't trust yourself with another person, do it with God. But really do it with God. Lay it all out. You may spend hours. I mean, I literally would spend hours every day talking to God, talking to God. Then later when I started learning about religion and going to visit the churches and stuff, then I, I called it prayer. But it was just talking to God. I wasn't saying, oh, Lord, Lord, please forgive me. Oh, Lord, Lord, please heal this person or heal this thing in me. I would just tell God everything. What was my problems? What was my situation? What was happening in my life? What was my joy? What did I want? What did I not want? And the more you do it, the greater life will be. Easier, joyful, fulfilling, and filled with loving. So listen to what Brian said today. Download it off the internet once it's up there. Because those words were the tools by which you will liberate your soul. Those were the words. And those were the words of a spiritual teacher to his disciples. Giving you insight. Giving you understanding. Giving you the basis by which to do this action that we talk about over and 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 over. Doesn't it feel like that? Have you ever walked in this room and go, what the hell am I coming in here for? All they're going to do is say the same thing over again. Well, yeah. But isn't that life? Aren't we living the same life today that we lived last life and the life before that and the life before that? You may not know that, but I know that because I see the repetition. And it doesn't stop until we change. It only stops when we change. The sins of the Father shall be passed down to the fourth generation. Well, it can take four lifetimes for us just to learn one lesson. If we're lucky, it just takes four lifetimes. If we're paying attention, it'll take just four lifetimes. Learn it now. Complete it now. Participate in your life. Talk within yourself. Talk with God. Talk with those around you. Share, open, be friendly, be kind, but also take care. If we put up walls with others, we have just now put up a wall between us and God. Don't have anything between you and the Lord. Anywhere, in the world, in yourself, or in spirit. You put up one wall, and now you have separation. The mind may tell you, oh yeah, you're really spiritual, you're meditating every day, you're seeing the light, you're having these experiences, but if one wall stands between you and the Lord, you are still in separation, and you are not being fulfilled in the way that you might think. So tear all the walls down, wherever they might reside in you, around you, in whatever way you can. And love God. If you just do that, if you just love God every moment of every day, chanting the name or however you can do it, and just invite the loving into your moment, 
you will find that all this else will fall into place. And all these words will make sense. And you will be living it. And that's what it's about anyway. 